Well, good morning, everyone. Nice to see you. Uh, we have a picture of the hot tub meeting. If you just go ahead and click that, we'll see. <laughs> the cardinal rule is what happens in the hot tub stays in the hot tub. But um, wonderful. What was fun about that is it's similar to what we're going to be talking about this morning. And it's talking about new discoveries. It's looking at old things and finding new things in that older, familiar thing. And uh, I had no uh, idea that I was going to go to a hot tub and meet somebody that day. I had no idea that I was going to form a relationship and, and, and have coffee with that person and, and, and do life with that person. And so sometimes you know that there's good new discoveries. You thought you were going to go to the pool and play with your kids and you walked away with a new relationship and a friendship. And that's a wonderful thing. Uh, this is fun for me to be here. I am a San Diego native. I grew up uh, downtown Little Italy, but my family moved to the South Bay when I was eight. And Rio Drive is a very fun and old and familiar thing for me. Uh, my grandpa's home was about two blocks from here. It's a home that I learned how to swim in. It's the home that um, when I was a, a teenager, I restored a car my whole senior year with my grandpa. A 1970 Carmagia. Anybody know what a Carmagia is? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. We're hanging, bro. Um, <clears throat> it was bright orange. And it was junky, but my grandpa saw this old thing and said, man, we're going to make this new. And he saw me how to discover what this could be and what it could turn into. Uh, Rio Drive is a fun spot for me because uh, when I finally got married, I've been married now 16 years, met my wife in high school show choir, Chilvis to high school. We went to show choir together. I was in the band. She was a hot girl on the box dancing. And I said, yes, Lord, I hear that call. And... Uh, I decided my grandpa had moved away and said, you guys can live in this house if you want. And I said, yes, this is awesome. So the first place I ever lived was right here two blocks away on Rio Drive. And uh, the fun part about that was I'd grown up in that house and seen it my whole life and never really gave any thought to it. But men, if you're married, say amen, men, amen. Okay, so when you get married, maybe you discover this. Like I thought I knew how to dress and pick out clothes and I found out I didn't because my wife all of a sudden said, you're not wearing that shirt, are you? And I said, oh, no, I don't know what I was thinking. And I went away. Same thing happened when we moved into this house and I'm getting it ready for my then fiance. She goes, well, let's check it out. And when we walk in, I'm like, isn't this great? Like grandpa's house is awesome. It's got a pool in the backyard. It's got, you know, a big kitchen. It's going to be great. And she's walking and going, mm -hmm. what's up with that pink carpet? And that big stain, like where he was redoing that engine right there that's been there for a long time. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that. You know, I've been in there, it's familiar, but I never noticed it. And she walks up to the walls and goes, what's up with that mint green paint? Like mint green paint, pink carpet, that's not gonna work. And all of a sudden it was this new aha moment of this is a new discovery in a place that I've been in since I was a little kid. Where I'd go after, after Little League, just right down the street from here, playing t-ball, and go and have my little juice box and little cookie. And all of a sudden, there was this new discovery. New eyes helped me see something that was familiar and old. That's what Jesus does when he comes on the scene. Jesus comes on the scene, and he comes in a different way. If you remember history, or if it's new to you, I'll tell you a little bit of history story. Follow me this morning. For centuries, the Jews have been... Uh, they were enslaved, they were rescued through Moses, and now they're a people. They wandered, and now they found a home, and they're long awaiting somebody to come and make things right. The Messiah. Everyone's telling stories to their kids at night. Hey, the Messiah's coming. He'll be like this. 
all their Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament or the Torah back for them. They would tell these stories to their kids at night. He's going to be like this. He's going to establish his kingdom. He's going to be a prince of peace. He's going to be a blessing. He told Abraham, Father Abraham in Genesis 12, that he'll be a blessing to all nations. And he's going to do this through these people. And story after story and generation after generation, people are anticipating and expecting the Messiah to come. And the Old Testament ends in a book called Malachi. I call him Malachi. He's the Italian prophet. And he is, uh, it ends, and then there's 400 years of silence. I don't know about you, but 400 days, 400 hours is way too much for me. Can you imagine 400 years of telling the same story that someday this person will come? Someday he'll come, and this is what he's going to be like, and he's going to make all things right, and everything's going to be better. 400 years of nothing. Generation dies and buries and new generations are telling the story until we get to the book of John and a follower named John writes and pens John 1 and he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, and then he took on flesh and dwelt among men and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, but he comes in a different way. They're expecting a king. At that time, Rome is controlling the empire, they're, they're dominating everything. So in the Jewish mind, they're going, he's finally come. He's going to come as a king. And yet he comes as a peasant. And he comes in a lowly state. And he comes born of no significance. And he comes as a king of kings instead of the king that's going to overthrow Rome. And they're expecting him to kick butt and take names later. And what he does is he kicks butt by willingly going to the cross and mastering death and defeating death and sin and the sting of sin and offering a new way. It was different, but those promises were the same, but he fulfilled it in a new and different way. And so as we looked at, you've looked at the old covenant that he's, you looked at the old covenant that required a sacrifice and Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law and I become the new covenant. The new covenant is I'm gonna pay the price. No more sacrifices. The sacrifice is once and done with this, all done. The new command, which is the summarizing of 613 Jewish law commands and 10 great commandments, maybe you've seen them, the love your neighbor, love your enemy, don't murder. He says it's just these two, love God, love people. If you do those things, it's good. The new command, which is the old command. And then today we look at this. If you have a Bible, would you turn to book of Matthew. If you don't, it's going to be on screen, or if you have it on your phone, go ahead and turn to that. We're going to go to Matthew 28. We're going to look at this. This is a, a, a maybe a common passage for you, if you've been in the church at all. It's called the Great Commission. If not, we're going to learn it all today. The Great Commission. The Great Commission is Jesus' final words to the guys that he recruited to be his followers. The guys that he recruited to be his pupils to say, you're my apprentices, you're my disciples, you're going to learn and study from me. And this is a new way of living that you're going to live out and express. And the new way of living commences with this, what's called the Great Commission. If you're with me, go ahead and we'll look at the slide. It says verse 16 right here. It says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Next verse, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. Say all authority. All, authority. all right, good. I can't really see you good, so I'm trusting you're with me. In heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Say all nations. all nations. There's a lot of alls in here. It's important. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' last word, it's his last huddle. He's at this point been crucified and he's risen and he's appearing to people and he's appearing to his disciples. He's appearing to Thomas who's saying, I'm not sure. And Thomas goes, I got to touch it right here. Okay, it's you, Lord. It's you. Okay. He really is the one that we've been waiting for. Because, see, when he died on Friday, everyone thought, oh, no, this Messiah, maybe it wasn't him. But then on Sunday, he comes, and it's like, oh, buddy, that is him. That is the one we've been waiting for. He has all power, all authority in heaven and on earth. Not only is he a good guy, but he's a God guy. Fully God, fully man. All authority been given to him. And this is his last commission. He says, in light of this new covenant, in light of these new commands, here's your new mission. Here's your new way of living, followers of Jesus. Go and make disciples. Now, often if you grew up in the church like I did, I heard it as, I gotta go. And that's for some specific people. You gotta go and be a missionary. You gotta go to a different continent. Oh, Lord, please don't call me to Zimbabwe. Like, I'm not ready to go. But the commandment is not go. How many know the Bible is written in Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew? And the command in the Greek right there, the New Testament is largely in Greek, is the command is followers of Jesus make disciples. As you're going, where you live, work, and play, be about my business. As I've done for you, you now do for others. This is the new command. This is the new mission of the church. This is the new way of living. Well, the disciples sitting there going, okay, well, what does that mean? And Jesus is saying, hey, if you think back just to a minute, what, what was it like when I called my disciples? Did Jesus call the most intellectual? Did he call the beautiful? Did he call the wealthy? Did he call the privileged? Sometimes he did. But often we see that Jesus was with the poor, was with the unlovely, was with the unloved, was with the downcast. Peter, one of the disciples, the first disciple that we have account of him calling, is a fisherman. Now, nothing really seems significant about that when we see that he's a fisherman, but it's significant in the Jewish culture because every young boy at a certain age would go off to school and they'd go and study to be a rabbi. Rabbi was it. Like, if you're a rabbi, you're balling. And if you didn't make the cut, if you weren't smart enough, no rabbi would call you and say, a rabbi would say, I see you have great skill. Come and take my yoke and follow me and learn from me. If they didn't do that, that meant you didn't make the cut. Go back home. Go back to your parents' trade. Go back and find a job. Just go. You're not the elite of the elite. You're not the cream of the crop. And Jesus, the rabbi, enters the scene and he goes after Peter. And he says, hey, guys, you're fishers. Why don't you come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And those guys drop down their net. And, you know, Peter's just like awesome. I love Peter. He's jumping out of a boat and swimming before the guy even rows back. And he's cutting off ears and asking questions later. And I love it. So he's not calling the cream of the crop. So he's saying, hey, disciples, remember who you were? You remember where you were as a rabbi when I called you and said, I'm going to make you my disciple and you'll follow me. I want you to do the same thing. 
I want you to go to all the corners of the planet and make disciples. If you're following me, this is the new way of living. You're going to do what I've done to you, to others. Make disciples. If you go back to that slide where we see Matthew 18 right there, he says, make disciples of some nations. Now, what does it say? All nations. This was like mind-blowing moment for that church, for those group of people, for, for that context of understanding. Because, see, again, Genesis 12. Hey, I thought this promise was just for us. I thought it was for us and us as a nation. And Jesus is saying, no, you read that wrong. See, it's, it's for all people. That's my heart. What do you see at every sporting event with the guy with the rainbow afro and a sign? What's on that? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, the whole world, all the people, everybody, everybody that would believe. That's the new mission. <clears throat> it's for all people, all nations. There's another slide. We don't have to turn to it, but it says Acts 1, 8. It's uh, a follower of Jesus. His name, Luke. He writes a book called Acts. And he says, he builds on what Jesus says, and he says, that you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit when he comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Say Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Judea. Say Judea. Judea. And Samaria. Or Samaria. <laughs> Just seeing if you're with me. And to the end of the earth. Say the ends of the earth. <clears throat> so Luke spells it out a little bit more. Hey, go to Jerusalem. Where's Jerusalem? Jerusalem is where you live, work, and play. Where you got your coffee this morning. Where you went on a walk with your dog. Where you go to lunch after church today. That's Jerusalem. Just where you're at. You can throw a stone to it. You see your neighbor, you have five of them. Go make disciples right there where you're at. You don't got to go to the ends of the earth. You can start right here. Judea. Hey, just across town. Hey, when you go to San Isidro, when you go to the outlets, that's it. That's Judea. A little bit of a drive, but it's not so far away. Ends of the earth. Self-explanatory. All over. Samaria, that's an interesting one. Because in this new way of living, in this new commission that Jesus is commissioning his disciples, he's revealing his heart for people and his heart for love. Because Samaria was a place where the Jewish people would strategically avoid. They go out of their way to not go to Samaria. On a map, you'd have Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea. And Jews would go out of their way to walk around Samaria. And Jesus is going, yeah, you know those people? Yeah, the ones you don't like? The ones that you don't want anything to do with? They don't think like you, don't look like you, don't sound like you, don't dress like you, don't look like you, don't anything like you. You got to go to them too. Why? Because my, my heart is for all people. My new covenant is for all people. It's not based on what they did or who they are. It's based on the fact that they're mine and I created them and I love them. And it's an offer that stands for every single person on the planet. So yeah, you're going to those people too. Go make disciples of all nations, even the people that are different than you. Next, if we go back to Matthew 18, he says to, to baptize them in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism, just a mark of saying, it's a public declaration saying, I'm in. Right? I often, when I baptize people, I say, hey, does that make me married? Or does it just show people that I'm married? So if you're looking at the left hand, you go, okay, that guy's marked with something. He's got a girl. Still married if I don't have it. But I'm publicly declaring, Tara, that's my boo. And I'm hers. Okay? For better or worse, that's it. 
baptism. Baptize them in my name with all authority, with all power. And teach them all that I've commanded you. Well, what did Jesus command them? See, Jesus' teaching ministry was only three years long. But in that, he totally disrupted the system. Not only did he grab these ragamuffins, these guys that were unlikely people that were dejected by other rabbis, and he said, come and follow me. He goes, and to their heroes, you've got to understand, like these boys had playing cards of these rabbis. That's Rabbi so-and-so right there. He did that last week. He's incredible. That guy right there, he's incredible. He's incredible. And Jesus is going, that, his teaching's all wrong. That thing that you're listening to, nah, that's not it. You've heard it said that thou shalt not murder. He's saying, if you've had hatred in your heart, I'm saying you've murdered people. <clears throat> you've heard it say thou shalt not commit adultery. I'm telling you, you look at that girl with a second glance, and I'm telling you, you committed adultery in your heart. Thou shalt not covet. I'm saying that you can't love money and me at the same time. There's only one God, and one of them's got to be in the right place, and it can't be. You shall, you've heard it said, he just keeps disrupting old commands with new ways of thinking. See, Jesus was more interested in the internal matters of the heart rather than the exterior. Oftentimes you see Jesus going after the religious and he's saying, you're a bunch of whitewashed tombs. You look good on Sunday, but Monday, dang, I don't think so. So Jesus is saying, go teach them all that I've commanded. Go teach them this new way of living, this new way of thinking. As you go to where you live, work, and play, as you go out of your way, as you go into a jacuzzi, make relationship. How many know that if you've ever been trained in something, if you ever had a good teacher, if you ever went to class or school or college or learned a trade, it took time to learn that trade. Amen? You didn't just wake up. Most of us just didn't wake up and go like, I know how to rebuild that. Boom. Engineering. Easy. I read a book. I, boom. Done. No. Science. No. I don't want a doctor that went to like the, the school for like half the price. I'll take like the full price. Full. Fully licensed doctor. Please. So it takes time. And so Jesus is saying, not only are you going to go and just kind of like drop some nuggets, you're going to spend time with these people and a long time with these people. Look, Jesus is saying, I'm the son of God and I spent three years with you. I called 12. There's only 11 here. One still with the son of God discipling people abandoned. And where were the 11 when he was hanging on the cross? Oh, they were all gone too. So if the disciples who were with Jesus in that moment, who got three years of living, breathing, sleeping with this guy, didn't get it, it might take us a little bit of time. And it might take people a little bit of time to learn. And so love is a motivator in Jesus' heart. Love is a motivator because he's saying, I don't want a quick fix. I want them to know me. I'm still discovering new things about my wife 16 years later. I met her when we were 15 and 16. I'm now 39. And I'm still like, you did what? You like what? What'd, what'd you do? You don't like this? We're still learning new things about them, each other. And that's what Jesus is saying. Spend time with people. Spend time with each other. The last part of that verse, and I want to give us some practical implications before we close, is the last part of the verse is one of the best promises in the Bible that if you didn't hear anything this morning that you see this, if you go back to Matthew 28 really quick, the last part, 
He's saying, here's a command. Here's a new way of living. Here's a new commission. In light of the new law, in light of the new covenant, he's saying, surely I am with you always. Say always. Always. Not just some of the times. Not just when it's really hard. Not just when you're in need, but just always. You ever have a friend that's just like the best car ride in the car you didn't say anything to them, but they were just with you? And you looked up and you're like, man, that was an hour. That was a great time. Or you just had that person that was with you that was just like, man, just to be with you was great. Just knowing that you were there to help me, you got my back to, to move that refrigerator today. Just knowing that you were there to come in when my kid was going crazy and your kids were a little bit older and you said, man, it gets better. It gets a little easier. When marriage gets hard and somebody ahead of you goes, hey, maybe think about this and this and this. What's your, what's your prayer life like with your wife? Oh, I don't do that. Yeah, let me, let me think about that. Let me try that, see if that does something. Jesus' promises, I'm with you always, every season of life. Disciples, as you go, as you go to people, yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, there's going to be people that think different than you. Yeah, there's going to be people that reject your message. But I'm with you, and you're going in all authority. So go, be about the business that I was about. That's the new mission. The thing for us today to think about is that's the mission of the church. That's God's heart for the church. The church was never meant to be this inclusive club, like you walk in and we're like, let's see your VIP card, are you good? Okay, come on in. It was meant for everybody. The message of Jesus was meant for everybody. If I look at myself, I go, there was nothing special or significant about this boy from San Diego. I didn't grow up in any kind of wealth. I didn't grow up with um, any kind of status. And yet Jesus met me in a real and tangible way and offered me life. He saw the brokenness and hurt and disgust and sin and the things that I did in private and said, yep, I love you. Come on. Come and follow me. Are you tired of living your way? Do you want to try a new way of living? I said, yes, Lord. I'm all in. And here we are, 20 plus years later, following him. There's nothing significant about that. It was just a mindset and a change to say, God, I repent of what I used to think. I changed my mind. That's all repent means. I changed my mind about what I thought was good, and I say that your way is good. Your way is right. I'll follow that. And that's the mission for the church now. My mission statement. As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, is to go and do what's been done for me. I've been loved. I am loved. And now I need to go and live a life of love for other people to see. So that when they take notice, they might say, hmm, I want that. Fun story, I, I taught at Chula High School for several years. I taught music, guitar and piano. And... Uh, I quit at the ripe old age of 21, and I had saved money and a buddy of mine, and I said, let's go backpack in Europe. We'll never get a chance to do this again. Let's do it. So we both quit our jobs. It's a smart decision at 21, not a smart decision at like 30. But uh, we quit. We go buy backpacks at the swap meet, Kobe swap meet. We got it fitted like we're good. Shove tees, couple shirts, couple pairs of pants, and we went. And we went to 17 countries in 40 days. And one of the countries I went to was uh, one in Greece. And Greece was this beautiful spot. It was just like you could see the bottom of this, the ocean. And it was like bathtub warm. 
and you just wanted to hang out there all day. And it was this fun, beautiful location, and there was a DJ on the beach. I'm like, who's got a DJ on the beach? I don't know, but this is awesome. He's just boots, 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 boots. And I'm feeling it. I'm like, I'm never gonna get to do this again. And I just like start dancing. I was going for it, you know? There was no flossing or anything, but I was just like going for it. And I get up on the table, and I'm just like, boom, just in board shorts, and I'm dancing. I was like, this is my song. I don't even know what they're saying. It's in Greek, but it's good. And I'm just going for it. And like two hours go by. And like on, on my kids, all I was drinking was water the whole time. I just had a bottle of water. And people came up to me. And they're like, hey man, what do you got? Like, what do you want? I was like, they're like, shut up, man. Like, it's pills, is it drink? Like, hook me up. You know, like, you're having fun. I want that fun. And I'm just like, no, literally, I'm just enjoying the scenery. I can't believe there's a DJ on the beach. I can't believe I'm in Greece right now. And I'm going for it. And I'm going hard. That's what the Christian life is supposed to be like, church. You should be going so hard that people are going, wait a second. What are you on? What, what are you doing? Because as you're living in this newness of being loved by the King of Kings, as you're living into this, uh, this idea that uh, Jesus has taught a new way of living and you're letting him live his life through you, your, your face should be compelling. Peter, right? The guy who jumps out on the boat and becomes the first disciple, he, he later writes two books that we have in the Bible, First Peter, Second Peter. Hard to miss who wrote it. Peter. In chapter 4, he says this. He says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have, comma, when asked. Here's the crazy thing about that. If no one's asking you about what the hope that you have, then you're not going hard. If no one's asking you, like, hey, I've seen you in this situation because we have a relationship now, and then we spend a lot of seasons of life together. I've seen how you are at work. I see how you are when you lost your job. I see how you are when it's hard with kids and singleness, wherever you're at in life. And there's something different about you. You're like a person of hope. You're like the most loving person and kind-hearted and generous person I know. What are you on? I need some of that. You're living out the new way of living. It should be so compelling to the world around you. You should have such deep relationships with people that they would even want to ask and notice. Can I be honest? Sometimes the church doesn't look like that. Sometimes my life as a Christian doesn't look like that. Sometimes the church can be known more for what we're against than what we're for. Sometimes Christians, if I'm honest, in 21 years of ministry, can be the grumpiest people I've ever met. It's like Jesus saved me and we forgot about the newness. And things got old and comfy and familiar and now I'm upset because somebody's in my chair at church. And because they ran out of coffee at church. Why do we have coffee at church, by the way? Like, that wasn't a thing when I was a kid. That's, that's a different sermon, but that's just why. 
they didn't sing the song that I liked. Oh, that young kid was jumping up and down. And they weren't that. They're sagging their pants. Like, when did we become those people, church? Instead of just going hard and going, I love that guy. When that guy's hitting that drum, I'm just fired up. When that person's smiling and greeting me, I'm just like, why is that the warmest hug that I got without getting hugged? When you go and buy your coffee, when you go in the grocery store, when you're taking your kids to the sporting event, when you're going to that concert, when you're on the beach, why isn't it something that people are going, they should be angry, they should be grumpy, but they took time out of their way to be people of love, motivated by love. Church, that's the call for us this morning, is to adopt a new way of living, and it's the old way of living. It's being followers of Jesus, crazy about him, compelled by the love that we've received, and now going, no way. You love me still? Like, there's no small clause in this? Like, you saw who I was last night. You saw how I was in the car. You saw what I've been doing, and you're still going, we're good? And you want that to go to everybody else, and you offer that to all people in all places. That's what we're supposed to be about, church. Motivated by love that we've received living in such a way that it's irresistible to people around us so that they might come to know the love that we've received by the way you live and conduct yourselves. A couple questions as we close. How are you living? How are you living? Would it be true of you today more times than not that people would say when I interact with you, something compelling about your faith? Are, are there people in life right now that even as I talked about Samaria, you're going, yeah, 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 God's love for that person, that person, not that group of people. Like, I can get on board with that, that one I'm having a hard time with. Are there barriers in life right now that are preventing you from living into this new mission that Jesus described 2,000 years ago? the original intention for the church. What are those barriers this morning? Are you doing great and you're loving and you're going hard and you're like, I just need more people at the dance party, man, because then people are going to be going nuts in our city. Where are you at this morning? I'm going to invite the band back up and I just want to close with this. Pastor Mike mentioned it at the top of the morning. He said that Paul reminded us that if those who are in Christ this morning are new creations, the old has gone and the new has come. In that same promise, he says, there's no superiority in people. We're all just one in Christ. That's a good news. And he says, now as those people who have been made new, go and live as ambassadors. Ambassadors are people that go and represent a new school of thought. They go and represent the kingdom. They go and represent their government. They go speak on behalf for, of their country. Church, could we be those people that speak on behalf of a new way of living, of a new covenant, of the King of Kings whose kingdom is here and yet to come? Can we live on mission in that way? Perhaps there's some of you this morning that say, I haven't even signed up to be on that mission. I know about Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Very different. I'm a fan of Jesus, but not a follower of Jesus. Today, can I encourage you to take that next step to say, it's time to, to, to follow Jesus. He welcomes you into a loving relationship this morning. 
He welcomes you and invites you with open arms to say, his message of good news is for you. If you've been a Christian for a long time, can I encourage you if there's areas of life that you've maybe slacked, grown tired, grown fatigued, say, I've done this for so long, it's now time for somebody else. Can I encourage you that though you feel old, you are new and renewed by the Spirit of God to live into that this morning, to live into the refreshment that comes into him and once again sign up and say, today is a new day. It's the day the Lord has made and I'm going to go hard for Jesus. And church as a whole, can I encourage us and we encourage each other to one, make that sound and two, <laughs> to, to look at each other run into people at the grocery store in your neighborhood or in a jacuzzi, would you just finally get to it face to face and say, how's it going? How are you doing at loving people? How are you doing at remember that you're loved and then because of that, you're loving other people? I encourage you to take some next step today. If you just heard storytelling and some stories of a boy from San Diego, then you missed the point. But if you go, Lord, what are you asking me and calling me to do? What are you inviting me into? Let me be obedient to that. Our city is going to look incredible because his spirit is moving through his people and we're doing what we've been called to do. Amen. Let me pray for us this morning and then uh, I'll invite Mike back up. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that the Bible has uh, truth for us today. And you offer hope and life and encouragement through that through old and new promises and new discoveries, we see that, um, one, we're loved. If we just pause and thought about that for a moment, what incredible. If we see that today, that uh, your word has a mission for us to go and be a people that are loved, loving others. Would you challenge us this morning to do that, be that people? And what would our city look like as a result of that? Pray you move us forward by your spirit now in Jesus' name.